Hello and greetings, reanimated fans. I'm H.A. Conrad, coming to you as always from Brooklyn, here with my intrepid co-host, Stuart Tiffin. Hello, Stuart. Yo, hey, hi. Hello, hello. Um, So we are, you know, hanging out today, talking about this movie, as it were, Unhuman. And uh, just one news item, which I think we relate to the party on, but... Um, we'll just talk a lot, a little of that. And then our, 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 you know, razor sharp analysis of unhuman, (laughs) which came out in early June. And you can watch that on, I think you have to rent it on Apple TV and YouTube and a couple other things. Um, and we'll get into that in a minute, but before we get to that, the late news item that we just didn't, we totally missed somehow. If I may, before we get to that, I have some late breaking news. What is your late breaking news? From my street. Um, <laughs> last night, around 9.30, I was watching this film that we were going to review today with my lovely wife, who sat on the couch and looked at her phone while I watched the movie and commented occasionally on how bad it was. Uh, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, and a piercing screech rang out through our open windows, um, which was disturbing it, like we have a bunch of cats in the neighborhood and i was like at first okay yeah that could be a cat that like is getting into a cat fight and then a second screech seconds later and then silence and our two indoor cats went and got in the window and looked interested and we were like you know holly and i were like admonishing them saying this is why you're indoor cats you go out there you'll be screaming it'll be bad i didn't think anything else about it i was just like cats got into a cat fight went back inside this morning as the sun rose, um, I'm drinking my coffee. I'm looking out the kitchen window. I see some of our neighborhood cats standing, sitting, walking idly around my neighbor's driveway. And I glance around the, the edge of this tree and I see there's a body there lying there. Not a what? human. It's an animal. Um, but it's not a cat. It's too small to be a cat. It's like, what is that? We do have possums. We have skunks. We have rats, uh, the ones you see the most. And so I put my... Uh, my flops, my flip flops on, put on a hoodie, go outside. So wait, are they flip flops or fit flops? Flip, I don't know. Is that a thing? Fit, fit flops? Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I'm no, just being obnoxious. Go I, ahead. I put on my flops and I head out um, and I look down at the bo- the body of a small possum. Mm-hmm. And possums do screech. Like, I, I don't know that I've they heard are. They're one. Pretty, they're, they're pretty, they're pretty uh, vocal. They, yeah. They are not. But this possum is decapitated. Uh, the like, yeah, there's no head. It is the head is absent. The body's lying there in my neighbor's driveway. And I'm just like, I don't think cats did that. <laughs> I'm looking at these two these two tomcats who who are like our ever-present street guardians. They're like our little street gang of cats. And they're both sitting there looking at me like, what did you do? <laughs> so um yeah. That was my morning so far. So, so the mystery, the mystery is what what took out the little possum, huh? What took out that little possum? I mean, could it have been cats? I guess. And then they just like gnawed on its head until it disappeared and then carried it away. Or more likely, <laughs> it was probably a coyote, right? Or yeah, or- probably something bigger. Um, so I thought where you were going with this was the article I sent you earlier this week, <laughs> uh, which was <laughs> you about- think it was hamsters. It might have been hamsters, uh, but basically, 
Um, apparently, some experimentation with gene editing in hamsters went wildly wrong. Um, and they were trying to make the hamsters less aggressive and they were using the CRISPR technology to remove the what they thought was the aggressive gene. But instead of becoming more docile, as was the expectation, they became really aggressive and attacking. And I was making jokes about 28 hamsters later. So I thought that's where you were going with this, that you saw a little rage hamster take out this possum. (laughs) I don't know. That's the thing. It could have been. It could have been a rage hamster. A roving posse of rage hamsters. Rage hamster, your new band name. Whatever it was took the head with it and that's that's mm. my that's my curiosity it could have also been a neighborhood kid let's hope not because that would imply something else a little more dark I mean, can i account for my children's whereabouts at 9 30 they were supposed to be in bed but they yeah. could have they could have uh, like fast lined down out of their window i don't know um, let's hope not let's hope not but okay. uh, well tell like, keep us updated on the mystery if you find an answer i will i'll be uh, out there burying that thing in, a, in about a half an hour All right. right. So on to our missed news, Um, the mystery of the the spinoff with Daryl and Carol apparently is no longer a spinoff with Daryl and Carol is just with Daryl, though apparently Melissa McBride will be making some guesty appearances somewhere in the line. Um, She cited family obligations or the fact that it was being it would be shooting in Europe as part of the issue. And, you know, apparently um, Norman Reedus went on some different night, like late night talk shows to defend her because people were getting, I mean, people were getting a little shirty with both her and Tim and blaming him for it, blaming her for it. And, you know, like they've been, everybody's been doing this show for a really long time. So I get, I can get it. It's been a tough few years for people. I can understand doing this show for 12 years and then not necessarily want to be, be abroad. I don't know. Um, so this but, news, H.A., I'm, I'm ashamed and embarrassed to admit, dropped on April 27th. <laughs> all right. Well, we're way, way so, behind. So yeah. I will say it didn't pop up in anything I saw. And normally I get all these kinds of alerts and I never saw this. So yeah. somehow it got missed. But there we go. Um, in any case, uh, she will probably appear at some point, And that's good. I guess the question is, who else is going to appear in the show? Uh, there's been some speculation about characters that have been missing and things like that. I'm sure it's still going to be great, though. I will admit I am less interested in just a, you know, Daryl specific show because those two have just such an awesome relationship. So, you know, that would have been that would have been a cool thing. But hopefully maybe she gets back in the game later on. She takes a rest. She decides to come back. Who knows? Yeah, I think it's just she didn't want to have to relocate to Europe. And that's 100 percent understandable. I'm amazed that Andrew Lincoln managed to relocate to another country for the eight years or whatever it was before. He was like, I've had enough. So um, I have zero uh, qualms about people choosing their life quality over work. Oh, Um, absolutely not. Like, and as I said, like the, the COVID years have been really weird and I think people just have to do whatever they want to do. Um, and especially like with these shows and things like that, I just think it's been incredibly challenging. So, um, so, so wishing her the best of luck belatedly. Um, but I think that was pretty much it in the news cycle uh, because probably the holiday weekend, but um, we decided probably a bad decision. I don't know. Maybe you disagree, Stuart, but I blame Kyle. What? 
I blame Kyle Diaz. He was all glowing. He, well, no. he said he'd seen the trailer. Remember, it was a few episodes ago when he was oh, on. Yeah, he said yeah, he'd yeah. seen the trailer and thought, oh, maybe H.A. and Stewart would like to talk about or review well, that film. Kyle Diaz has a lot to answer for then. Well, he Because uh, he put most of the uh, blame for his glowing reception of the trailer on um, on the production house, which is Blumhouse. Blum, Bloom, Blum. I don't know. But in any case, Kyle, Kyle, Kyle. Oof. Um, that's what I have to say. Um <laughs> Now, I will say that I should have done a little bit more research about this to see who was involved. And I did not realize that the writers, directors were the people responsible for Saw, like the Saw franchise. I guess which, only the later films, which I haven't seen any of them. Like I I've seen either. zero Saw I movies. I don't really, this is not my, as people know, I'm not into that kind of thing. That is not my horror genre of choice. Um, but there is a very specific vibe to them that is not, it's just not, it's not my thing. Um, and I'm not disparaging anybody whose thing it is, I suppose, but it's just not mine. And uh, there is something, I like, I know this sounds weird, but there's something extraordinarily, like, to me, like, and I and I could be just, there's something bro and fratty, like, somebody had the idea of making a horror film, and, and this is what came out of it. And this is definitely my feeling about this film. Broly and Freddy is, are important like terms to consider here. Like the yeah. tagline on the movie poster is "The dead will have this club for breakfast." So they're they're all clearly playing on the idea that they've created a breakfast club level of like um, satire, right? Yeah, and I guess you could kind of look at it that way. But it's just if that's what they were trying to do, it's just not really well executed. Um, As and- I was watching this. Uh, um, because I had someone to talk to during this movie for a change. Usually I'm just sitting there like in, in a bad movie. I'm willing to talk to people. And so I'm asking my wife, like, I'm like, hey, you know, like, doesn't this feel a little dated to have yes. these cliched, uh, you know, tropes of of characters? And, and like, doesn't that also, doesn't it just perpetuate the fact that this was something that existed when other people went to school? Um, of course, it's a horror movie, and I'm not expecting kids necessarily to watch this. I guess they will because it's also a teen drama. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't think that shows and movies that perpetuate this idea that there are, that clicks and and um, archetypes are so powerful in school is is still a thing. I mean, maybe it still is, and, and I'm just I, I definitely I am out of touch with school is, life. I don't think it is as much, though. I think this is, to me, this is like somebody, uh, I hate to say it, somebody our age came up with this, or <laughs> maybe this this script was sitting on a shelf somewhere for a really long time and got green-lighted somehow, but it feels very, very dated. And I don't, I mean, look, I think <laughs> that there's still obviously like certain things this feels very like honestly i hate this is back to our times like this the writers is very- of the writers of this film are in their 40 they're 46 and 47 years old oh yeah so, so they're solidly gen x then so this this is makes sense in that if you think about it in that way um but like it's not something that i think we see and also like there's okay the the piece that i really sort of take issue with is you know and and it's kind of interesting because I have been watching Stranger Things. Uh, that did did you start to watch the new stuff that just came out? I yesterday? haven't seen any of Volume Two yet. No. Okay, um, but I can talk about it in generalities in terms of the the series, and they address some of these things too. Just like the the sort of like 
I don't know, like the D&D thing, how it's like satanic and just the misunderstanding of those kinds of things, like the Hellfire Club in, in Stranger Things and yeah. all that kind of, you know, like satanic panic kind of tropey stuff that happens. This one goes so far as to like it. It I just do not like the theme at all. And I feel like it's really honestly just ridiculous. But yeah, um, the theme is the theme is problematic in, yeah. in how far it goes. It, it's almost like a commentary on school shootings. Well, that's what it felt like. And it felt really icky to me. So maybe I'm being overly sensitive, but there, there was something about it. I was really like turned off by yeah. on that level. So, yeah, it was it was basically like traumatized people can are, are also jerks or can also be sociopaths. Like, yeah, like bully, bullied people become can become the bulliers. Worse and, than the bullies. And right. even worse. And it just felt really um, you know, and I guess maybe there's I something I, there with with, you know, because I, I don't know that there's been a lot of social or a lot of coverage about people who end up perpetrating school shootings. And whether or not, I mean, with Bowling for Columbine, those kids were marginalized and and uh, in the Columbine shooting a million years ago, kind of seemed to kick all this off. Those kids were outsiders. That's true. But I don't know. I don't think that this is helpful, I guess. is my I don't opinion. really feel like it is either, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing I will say is that. Uh, and, and actually maybe this was deliberate, but I felt like very few of these people actually looked like teenagers. And so that also <sighs> felt a little weird. And yeah, the, the very, lead, the lead uh, actor, um, Brianne is 25. Yeah. And there's very specifically just even from the beginning, there's a scene between her and her mom. She looks older than her mom. Yeah. And she looks older than her mother does. And it's just like, okay, that's a little weird. Um, but I just, you know, I guess I feel like we have enough problems without kind of putting some of this stuff out into the world, but that may be just me. Um, and I also felt like the script was really like production value wise, like it looked fine, um, but the script was really terrible. Okay. I'm sorry, H.A. I'm going to have to stop you there. Production value wise, it looked fine. You didn't feel like there was way too much effort going into the fog machine? Oh, I think it was deliberate. Like, I think it was supposed to be a tropey horror film, but they were going for like a specific kind of schlocky look. You know what I mean? I don't I think they had actually more money than a lot of films have. Um, I, I think it was meant to capture a very specific horror genre. I don't think it was done because they didn't have the budget to do so. I guess that's. What I'm saying. Yeah. Um, yes, they did definitely lean hard on the fog machine a lot. Um, but you know, the makeup and effects, all that stuff looked fine, but it looked like they were trying to be a movie that looked like they had less of a budget. And I don't actually know what their budget was for this, but it that's what it felt like to me. Yeah, it definitely feels cheaply made. It feels, I mean, well, another interesting thing about this film is it was filmed outside New Orleans, I guess. And it does have that kind of vibe, I guess, like kind of urban blight neighborhood. So like, it's probably a, a like the building where most of the action takes place. It feels like something that is on the outskirts of New Orleans. Uh, like, I don't see a lot of films that are like, thank you, Louisiana Film Bureau for, you know, letting us shoot our film in Louisiana. I don't feel like it's, it hasn't been the same as Georgia has had, you know, with this giant shooting films and TV rena renaissance. Um, so it does feel pretty 
New Orleans-y. Um, but I would say, yeah, it's otherwise the, the building where they shoot this is just like a broken down old apartment building that apparently is in the middle of the, the woods. Uh, the, the interior, they keep going into different parts of this house or this, this apartment, this building. Um, and, you know, half about two thirds of the way through the film, when the twist happens, uh, you see why it kind of looks like it was designed for the, for what they were going through because it was, um, but like when they go into the room with the black lights and the paint and the glow sticks and they, somebody even says, it's like, this is like a weird rave. And I'm like, yeah, I feel like the rave just ended at 5 a.m. And then the film crew came in and started shooting. Yeah. And it was very, I don't know, again, just, um, you know, uh, like, and it's interesting because everybody's like, oh, it's a limited budget. And yet I cannot find anywhere where people actually show the budget for this. So I would really love to know the budget. I, I would like to know why some films it's very clear. Maybe it's because they're publicly traded companies when, when they're handling it, but it's, it's so like, you know, patchy when you actually find out what, what they're, what people are making films for. Uh, not that it's something like that you deserve as a consumer to know necessarily, but uh, it's definitely more fun when you know how much something costs, right? Uh, to, yeah, yeah, definitely. And like, uh, like for this, okay. So why I'm like, again, it feels like they're trying to make it seem like a low budget film when I suspect it actually was probably more than we think. Hmm. Um, I definitely think it was a lot more than the Wormwood film. Absolutely. Um, and I do think um, that, you know, I felt like there was some effort to do like, a cabin in a woods thing where they're like so self-aware and trying to be so outrageously stupid in terms of how they're presenting this, but it's just not, it doesn't get there. Um, it's just no. not clever it enough. The script is not good enough. The actors, and maybe they didn't have enough time to rehearse or something. It just felt very wooden and kind of like, so, so beyond tropey, it's sort of hard to, to even, talk about it like and yeah. I guess I guess that's part of what annoys me about it is that it's trying to be this thing and it just fails miserably you you even said when we watched the trailer with Kyle you were like well I feel like I'm worried I would be worried if in watching this that we just saw the three funniest moments in the film and we did and we, and had. we, did. we absolutely had yeah and, the, and they weren't even that funny because you would already seen them once right right uh, so that kind of sucked um and and what you're what you're describing like the fact that it's a horror comedy uh zombie movie it and it fails on all three fronts um is also the critique that other people have been giving it because it only has what what was the uh, rotten tomatoes score 53 percent uh with a 38 percent audience score um it's yeah it has not been well received and i I think some of that probably it's definitely comes down to the production value or the perceived production value. And I think it has to come down to the um, like the theme of the film, which is you, it is one thing. And then two thirds of the way through, when you find out it's the nerds who are behind it all, there is no zombie movie. It's almost like a one, one cut of the dead sort of scenario where it's like yeah, a little bit, but it not, I would don't want to even put it in the same breath of with that film. Cause that's actually well done. And then you realize, though, that it's all staged um, and it's the nerds are trying to murder or humiliate the jocks yeah, so that they, they can get the try, girls. And, and then they even really try to do like an after credit scene 
where they're yeah. going to like go and do this again and try to set it up as a, I guess, as a sequel, which I really hope they don't. Um, but, I'm surprised you stuck around for the after the, the post credit scene. Yeah, I not deliberately. It was just playing. So I was like, oh, I guess there's another scene. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> Well, uh, so, um, yeah, and then, you know, like the, the topic of like, is this a commentary on incels? Is it a commentary on uh, ostracized kids and how they are actually worse than the jocks who traumatized them to begin with? Because the jocks at least can, in, in this story, can at least have a story, have a character arc. Right. But even I guess my other thing is, is that even the quote unquote hero ever was written so poorly. I just don't like yeah, all of these characters. Have... There's nobody that I liked in this at all. And the only the only actor that I did feel was, you know, and and he was absolutely over the top was the teacher who's p- played by Peter Giles. And he's been in like, he's definitely a character actor. You've probably seen him in a few different things. Um, and again, he was over the top, but he was kind of at least having fun with it um but i just felt like this was really just uh boring and to you know even with these kinds of things like this you can do a film with a low budget and still have it be fun you can do it and have a really good script and still have it be fun and to me this just didn't hit any of the notes that i would normally like to see i was really bored watching this which is not a good sign. Oh yeah, I didn't really care about anything. I did not care how it ended. I was just like, okay. The most and exciting thing that happened for me during this film were the screams of a dying possum outside my house. <laughs> hamster death, hamster. Sorry. <sighs> yeah. Um, and, and I do, and I have to say, I have now, while we've been talking, I've looked at multiple sources to try to see how much this was made for and nowhere is it. And everybody, the thing that really st- strikes me that I just think I'm probably right is that everything keeps coming out saying um, that it's a low budget film. Again, it does not feel low budget to me. It feels like a higher budget film trying to look low budget. Where do you see that budget being expressed that you think nope, is there? I see no, I see no budget being expressed, which to me is suspect. Because usually you can see it. You can usually you see at least like a little bit of it. And with names like Epics and Blum or Bloomhouse behind it and distributed by Paramount, you do get the impression that these these companies all have money to spend. But was this their attempt to do like a bargain basement version of what they would be doing? Maybe, but I would say and this is just like an older article, but their budgets or for movies are typically three to $5 million. And why that it, while that is semi low budget, it's not in the realm of say Wormwood, right? So all the Wormwood obviously took a lot longer to make because of that budget. But I just think, you know, when you're looking at that kind of budget, this is, that's not technically like a low budget film, especially if you look at in the, the sort of like the spectrum of, of horror low budget. So, you know, um anyway sorry i don't mean to be it just feels like they're trying to it almost feels like they're trying to put one over on everybody <laughs> which i know it's like ridiculous i'll get i'll get off my uh, off this tack but still it just just troubles me 
Well, I don't know that there's a whole lot else that we want to say about it. I guess one thing that's kind of interesting, too, is nobody dies. Like even Mr. Lorenzo wakes up at the end. Um, I think just based on the the action and they. I don't know why they don't let anybody die in the course of it. I think it would undermine their quote unquote moral at the end of the story. Um, like even when Danny runs off of the off of the awning at the front of the building and like lands on his face, he gets up and runs away afterwards. Yeah. How is that even possible? Hmm. Um, also, he does He gets like um, hit by a sword. Yeah. And, and then he seems better and better as the uh, film progresses after having been sliced open by a sword that just cut a cricket bat in half. Right. Right. Anyway, doesn't, yeah, there, there, I don't think we even want to get into the details because I think thematically and the overall is just like disturbing and and disappointing for us. So to go down and like, look at the smaller details would only be worse. Uh, Yeah. This was a, this was a mistake. (laughs) Mistake. I think we have to like, not let Kyle listen to this podcast and make him watch it. (laughs) No, 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 we, we, no, we don't, nobody deserves that. Um, I don't know. We had to sit through it. I say he has to sit through it. I say we leave this here. Speak not of it again. And maybe next time we can uh, have a look at the Day of the Dead TV series that came out last year, one or two episodes to see if it would be worth to do more of. Because after that, um, in mid July, there are those two projects, Malvanidos. Malnavid, Mal, I forget what it was called. Malnazidos, the Spanish one, the spit film is coming to Netflix, and the uh, Resident Evil series is coming to Netflix in mid July. And then by the time you are going to be harder to pin down for podcast work, quote unquote, uh, it would be um, Tales of the Walking Dead time. And so I think we could have more content that we actually want to talk about coming up. All right. Well, let's let's go with the the Day of the Dead series and see what the first couple episodes bring us, and yeah. and take it from there. Wonderful. Uh, so, in the meantime, if anybody else was unfortunate enough to watch this, and we don't recommend it, uh, let us yeah. know what you think. Yeah, if you, if you watched it, and you know, hopefully, yeah, like I I hope you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's rare that we say that on this show, so you know, you know, we are. We are hopeless when it comes to our support of this genre. Uh, this time, we do not support this film. Uh, but let us know what you think on Twitter at Reanimated Pcast. Uh, you can email us at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com in our show notes with a link to the article of old news about Melissa McBride not being on the spinoff with Daryl anymore. But some other, you know, conjecture that's on our website at reanimatedpodcast.com. And uh, for Reanimated, I've been Stuart. I always feel like it's weird when people say that on uh, podcasts. So I'm not going to say it. I retract it. I recant. Um, thanks for listening. Oh, yes. Ciao. <laughs> I thought you were going for like a further. A something furthermore. There. I thought you were doing a furthermore. I felt like you had like a pause there, but okay. Ciao. No, it was a full recant- recanting. All right. All right. Uh, well, Good times, as always. I have a possum to go and um, dig a hole for in my front yard. All right. I'm imagining you with a shovel, with a hazmat suit, you know, just all that stuff. Imagine it more with me wearing basketball shorts and some flip-flops. And um, 
I don't know. I don't even have gloves. Maybe some work gloves. All right. Well, be careful out there. I hope I hope I hope you get get through this unscathed. Me too. Have a great rest of your weekend. You too. Okay. Bye for now. Bye.